What's up? It's officially the end of summer. Uh, I've taken the past two weeks off. Uh, I hope you guys had a happy Labor Day and a happy close to your summer since the last time that I talked to you all. So um, welcome back. And once again, this is the No Truths Barred podcast, and I'm your host, Hoyt Kaweku Timmons. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Hoyt Kaweku Timmons. That's H-O-Y-T underscore K-W-A-K-U underscore Timmons. And that's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So if you don't follow me, make sure you start to follow me as well. Um, I'm excited about the fall because I have a few really great guests coming up. Um, it's it's going to be awesome. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really happy. And I'm happy to have you guys back here with me again uh, for episode 13. And once again, if, you, if you've been following the podcast thus far, uh, or if you're a new listener, you can find the previous 12 episodes on SoundCloud. So you can go to www.soundcloud.com slash no truths barred, all lowercase. Um, and if you have the app, you can just go and type in No Truths Barred on your app and you can listen to episodes one through 12. Also, if you subscribe to Spotify, you can go on your Spotify app and uh, type in No Truths Barred and every episode will come up episodes one through 12. So make sure you go back, listen to the previous episodes. Uh, if there's anything you kind of want me to dialogue, if you want that you would like to dialogue with me about, let me know. I'm definitely open to uh, doing that. Um, I'm not opposed to going back and revisiting uh, certain topics, content, um, a certain episode. And actually, certain previous episodes, I would like to do a number two um, of or a part two of. And so uh, this this September, I have two guests coming up, um, two guests in October. And I'm just really happy. So definitely stay tuned. And once again, this is No Truce Bard. The Thinking Man's Podcast. And I, I decided to throw that in there because truly, whenever you listen to any of my episodes, whether you agree, whether you disagree, I want you to take away a thought and idea or an idea, excuse me, that's going to cause you to question uh, a notion that you have. And that could be politically, um, that could be something dealing with religion, it could be something dealing with a philosophical matter. My, the impetus for me doing this show, like I always say, and I try to inculcate, is that I want you to really come away from it to have tools or information or just a different perspective that can abet you uh, on your journey uh, on a day-to-day basis. So once again, thank you for listening. Um, and this is episode 13 of No Truths Barred. And, you know, over the past two weeks, there's been a lot that's been going on, especially in the context of celebrity media. And it's not really just the past two weeks. It's been an ongoing thing for all of 2019, all of 2018, and a lot of 2017 as well. And the issue is the concept of cancel culture. And cancel culture, also known as call out culture, is really used at it uses social media as a medium to boycott uh, views or perspectives or comments or jokes or songs that may be considered offensive to various marginalized groups. And the way that cancel culture or call out culture, if you will, becomes effective is that it galvanizes such um, a rapid fire following on various social media outlets to call for the banning of various 
uh, uh, comedic figures, uh, entertainment figures, figures in music, etc. And cancel culture really has been something that's a phenomena that we've seen really uh, in our social media age. So with that, you know, I said, you know, I really want to attack because I'm anti-cancel culture. I'm not even going to toe the line. I think cancel culture is bullshit. I think it protects. It, it does a few things that I think no human being really has the moral perspective or or at least the moral authority to be able to do. And so I wanted to call this episode, uh, episode 13, cancel culture, cancel out. I wanted to say cancel culture, cancel the fuck out. But I still want people to listen to me and I really don't want to be too offensive, at least not just yet. And cancel culture, uh, me as a person that is as a podcaster, I know I'm going to say things that you do not agree with. I know I'm going to put ideas out there that are going to rub people the wrong way. I am a person that has a lot of dissenting opinions about many attributes of our society. My things that I'm most critical of is society, the concept of civilization, the concept of race. Those are the things that really kind of pull me and gain a uh, uh, opinions that may differ that may differ from the popular consensus about a lot of these topics. So, as a podcaster, I cannot worry about being canceled because I said something that offended you. And the PC culture has gone awry, in my opinion. And and you know, you look at these boycotts. And you look at the way people have to be silenced. And um, but I, I think that everything has a duality. So what would be the duality of cancel culture? What are the pros and cons? Are there any pros? Are there cons? I'm very castigating of the concept of cancel culture and the ability to be able to delete people, to take people's way of living, to just destroy someone's work off of a tweet. Off of a photo. I feel it's bullshit. And I feel like it's asinine. And I don't agree with it at all. But speaking of that. Even in, as, as inane. And as bullshit. And as asinine. As cancel culture is. Are there pros? And I really had to think long and hard about that. And there are. I'm not even going to lie. Should it be an honest on you if you claim or deem yourself a celebrity or a public figure and you have a platform? Is there a certain responsibility for you being held accountable for what you say to your audience? Yes, that is true. Now, what should you and should not say? Do, do certain people deserve to be canceled? Yes. If your speech and your rhetoric is the catalyst for people to act crazy or violent or or for people to um, just feel emboldened to be racist, to be uh, misogynistic uh, or homophobic towards people, whatever. And even with that, it's I have to tread lightly because. Perspective is ultimately subjective at the end of the day. 
There's really no ossified way to judge a comment and say, well, this is racist, except for, except, excuse me, for certain things. You know, I mean, way back in the day, you know, that shit that uh, Don Imus said was exceptionally racist. Um, when Donald Trump got on TV, uh, excuse me, when he had a, a meeting and he called, you know, countries in Africa and the Caribbean shithole countries. Certain things like that, especially coming from people, if you not only really a platform, but more so coming from someone who's the president of the United States, that's grounds for cancel. Yes, I do agree with that. You know, so I, I do agree that um, you have to. You have to you, you, you have to discern discernment is imperative here. Like if we don't have discernment about uh, how do we differentiate between real racism and just an unpopular opinion. And like I said, this, these things really worry me as a podcaster. But let me not digress. Let me not digress. I said I want to give you some pros for cancel culture. So some of the pros I think is that people are a little bit, people may have certain trepidations about being as overtly racist or at least um, putting out rhetoric that would do something that would would, would uh, cause people to go out and act in a violent manner. And I think the benefit of cancel culture is that um, it causes you, it causes one to really be on guard about what they say. I think another benefit of that is that there truly are sick people. There truly are people that want to instigate conflict and people like that should be canceled. I do agree with that. So those folks, I believe, and really for me to be truly honest, that's where it ends. The rest of it is all kinds for me. I really don't have shit good to say about this whole cancel culture shit. And if I'm cursing or you hear a lot of profanity, it's just really hitting home because... I want to know who is allowed to have the moral authority to dictate what should be said and what should not be said. Who? Point them out. And then furthermore, once you point them out, what credentials do they have? What group, what critic, what demographic is allowed to do that? Who's allowed to govern free speech? And within free speech is uncomfortable speech. And within uncomfortable speech is a little bit of truth. If truth makes you uncomfortable, then do we not speak it because one particular demographic of people gets offended? Listen, this is not the truth. But if you look at uh, if you look at the bell curve, the bell curve states that when you talk about the IQ, the average IQ of the, of African-Americans, I believe, is somewhere between according to this bell curve like 75 to 80 something like that like closer to retardation um i believe african countries kind of hover around the same area give or take excuse me don't shoot me for it now do i agree with this shit no i think the iq test is bullshit and if you go back to its origin it's really not a it's really not an objective way to assess intelligence because as we go on and as we learn more, we see that uh, the concept of, of intelligence and cognitive ability is far more complex than we'd like to give it credit for. Uh, so I don't agree. Now, just because I don't agree 
Should a person, even if I feel their research is horrible and erroneous, should they not be allowed to present their findings? And furthermore, should they not be allowed to put this information out there, whether I agree with it or not? I think they should. Now, that sounds crazy coming from a black dude, but I think they should. Because there's a pendulum. All right. And right now, the pendulum is on the far left. So the far left can dominate the narrative of political correctness at the moment. But power moves. So my concern and my issue and what I'm scared of is that when the pendulum swings back to the far conservative right and they enact the same tactics that we and I do consider myself somewhat on the left, what we on the left are doing, what grounds or justification can we really implement to argue against that? We can't because we've done it for so many years now, for at least three years. Anybody that has a dissenting opinion, uh, uh, out there, you know, kind of racy joke. It's like, let's cancel them. Let's get rid of everything that they put out there. And it's bullshit to me. You know, I, I had to kind of pause a little bit because. You know, I think about cancel culture and I think about silencing people. And it's just funny because we look at cancel culture in this modern epoch of social media. But I also think about how for years uh, media has allowed, has been allowed to enhance and exacerbate stereotypes of African-Americans with, with, with no type of retribution. Now, I also think of silent culture, excuse me, I, I meant cancel culture in another perspective as well. Um, if we go back to the, the, the 50s and 60s and we look at all of these different, we look at all of these different activists such as Malcolm X, such as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who were, was canceled by the government. You know, that was the cancel culture then of racist um, government. But yet the fervor now is around. Still around race. But it seems more so that. Race. Is piggybacked on by a lot of other dem different demographics about um, the necessity, if you will, for a cancel culture. So I just noticed that the outrage only happens when it includes other demographics. But our outrage has really gone silent, gone silent and looked over for the majority of our time uh, in this country. And I and I try to I don't want to make no truths barred specifically about race issues or just black issues. Although I spent a better part of my life uh, researching African American history and and the civil rights movement, um, Reconstruction, these sorts of things, and I think I'm going to do some podcasts on those in the future. But I have to mention this in the in in the in the vein of objectivity and being truthful. 
I have to. But with the positives, there are some. Um, you look at people like Harvey Weinstein. You look at Bill Cosby, R. Kelly. You know, because of documentaries and because of people coming out and speaking out against the nefarious behavior of these individuals, a lot of their deviant behavior and perversion has been brought to life. Uh, Harvey Weinstein is a is a rapist, uh, an abuser. He would try to coerce women into having sex with him to further their careers in Hollywood. Apparently, Bill Cosby drugged several different women over decades. But I'm going to say this about the Bill Cosby thing. And this is going to be a, di a dissenting opinion. This is going to be an opinion that people aren't going to agree with. But I just have to wonder, and I'm just going to put this out here. I'm just wondering. In a case where you meet a stranger. And this might sound like victim blaming, and I hope it doesn't, but it's just, and see, this is the problem with cancel culture. We're not allowed to question. It's, this is what it is, and you're not allowed to question or have a perspective or to maybe say, hey, wait a minute, A through C sounds right, but D, E, and F, I don't know if I can really think that's concrete. We're not allowed to do that. In the cancel culture age, we're not allowed to have that. But I want to say with Bill Cosby, this is just me wondering. This is just me as an adult looking at it as objective as possible. When you're an adult, male or female, but in this case, let's say female, and you meet a stranger, I don't care that Bill Cosby was in Uptown Saturday Night and Let's Do It Again back in the 70s. And, you know, you watched his uh, stand up special and you've seen all of these little movies and you look and you like Fat Albert. He is a stranger to you. I just have to wonder. What is the point in going to a stranger's hotel room and then taking a pill that said stranger provides to you? I'm not trying to victim blame. I'm just saying. Someone make that make sense to me, because if you can make that make sense to me, then I could be 100 percent with. Yeah, Bill Cosby is fucked up. Lock him away. I do feel he did some fucked up shit. I do think I do feel that he's done things that were perver perverse and he's probably drugged women. But. Some of the stories just didn't make sense. And once again, in the cancel culture, you can come out and say, this person touched me. This person grabbed my ass from, you know, 37 years ago. And that's really all you need. And you can just dismiss and get rid of a whole person's entire career, legacy, work, things they've, they've, they've really, uh, 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 spent a lot of time and a lot of years into building just off of one claim. That's all you need. And then that person is out of here. Which I don't think is fair. I think it's, I think it's bullshit. I don't think you should be able to do that. Now, here's the problem. Once again, within the Me Too movement, which is by really kind of congruent with the cancel culture, is that what happens 
to real victims of rape and real victims of sexual abuse. When you just want to use a hot moment to gain momentum or to politically sabotage somebody or to drag someone's career down that you don't like. What happens to the actual victims of sexual abuse and of rape? Because I believe that we should take any claim of rape seriously. And here's the thing. I know people that have been raped and that have been victims of sexual abuse. And it's no laughing matter. And I think with the Me Too movement, it's been used as a tool to take down powerful men or for women to kind of go after somebody that they don't like. I mean, it's happened to everybody. People try to come at Neil deGrasse Tyson and they found out the women were lying. Why is it when the men are guilty, we get all this coverage? But when we find out the women were lying and they were full of shit, we're not getting the same adequate amount of coverage. We have to show both sides because we have to be at a point where we know things are being done as objective as possible. And that way, when real victims of rape, real victims of sexual assault come forward, we're not so quick to dismiss them. And we're, and we're, and we're going to take their claims seriously. We have to be aware of that. And we have to be aware of the consequences of the Me Too movement of, of just kind of this, this uh, witch, witch hunt of, of shooting and going at any and every particular um, uh, individual that has some sort of fame or money or power. And that's the issue. And then, you know, when we think about cancel culture and we think about uh, silencing people. This is something that I thought about a lot. So our the governor here, if you're listening this, listening to this, excuse me, in another state, uh, our governor, uh, Governor Ralph Northam, recently, and, and this earlier this year, uh, or late last year, either early 2019, late 2018. Anyway, it came out that Ralph Northam. Um, and his 1984 medical yearbook was in a picture with blackface on. Um, so what do we, what do we do? So I look at it, 84, so we're talking about over 30 Plus years ago that this man took this picture in blackface. And I believe, I guess one of the nicknames that he had was Coon Man or what have you. So with that being said, um, another example, which is different, but I just want to bring this up, is uh, the example with Kevin Hart. He had a tweet where, I think from 2009, where he indicated if he saw his son playing with a, a, a doll, you know, girls toys or something to that effect. You know, he would hit him over the head with the doll house because he'll say, hey, that's gay and you shouldn't do that. Um, And so because of that, uh, he actually was supposed to host the Oscars, but he had to step down. And not only did he step down from the Oscars, but he had to go on, you know, a lot of these different networks and issue an apology for a tweet that he did almost 10 years ago. So I mentioned those with a purpose. Just follow me. I mentioned those with a purpose. And the purpose of me mentioning those is that if someone does something idiotic, 
racist, misogynistic 27 years ago, 30 years ago, however long ago, let's say well over 10 years. Is there room for redemption? Is there room for change? Is there room for growth? Or according to the, the, the far left and the social justice warriors and the and the, uh, you know, the council culture people, people do not change. We do something once and that defines who we are for the rest of our lives. And my problem with this movement and why I feel it's so full of shit is that these people are holding others to a, a standard that they themselves cannot match. I know I can't. And I know pretty, I'm pretty sure the majority of the people listening to this cannot do the same thing. How many of us have things in our past that we may have said or we may have done that if someone was to you know pull it up or put it on a social media forum, it may be, you know, it may be damaging to our character, it could be damaging to our career or our public image. I don't know, whatever it is. I mean. I may have said something silly on Twitter. Should someone go back, you know, to 2011 and, and pick some crazy tweet that I did when I was far younger with less understanding, less perspective, less wisdom, and use that to judge me as the man that I am right here and now today? I don't think that you should do that. And that's my problem is that there's no road to redemption. There's no recognition of growth that we all go through stages in our lives. I'm not trying to justify Ralph Northam from wearing blackface. I think it was stupid, racist, and idiotic. But how much should that weigh on the man that he is now? How much that goes against through the goes against, excuse me, the life experiences that he's had and that's produced the individual that he's became now? With Kevin Hart, the person that he is now. Should that still be judged by the same standard as the person he was 10 years ago? And even Roseanne was Roseanne was forced to get off her show. I mean, she made that joke, which was was really insensitive. Um, I don't know if she should have gotten kicked off of her show, maybe an apology. But the problem with this PC culture and this cancel culture is that we don't acknowledge the human proclivity for error and for saying the wrong thing and for not thinking being forward thinking no one is perfect no one is going to be on point all of the time 365 days a year and that's my issue that's my issue let me take a swig of water y'all I, I got kind of carried away hold on uh, sorry, I really don't like to drink on the podcast or like stop talking because I feel like it's going to take away from the from the quality. But a brother was uh, thirsty just now. <clears throat> All right, I'm good. <laughs> but um, but and I and I want to talk on last speak on last but not least. Uh, well, before I get to that, I want to talk about the concept in, in cancel culture of social justice warriors. And this is a concept of people on college campuses who normally are left-leaning and they snuff out people that have an opinion that they don't want to hear when they come on campus. So for example, uh, one person I'm going to talk about is Jordan Peterson. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he's 
I really don't know what his background would be. I I, I guess I would call Jordan Peterson a a, a, a philosopher and, and and possibly a historian of sorts. Um, my primary knowledge of Jordan Peterson comes from his appearances on the Joe Rogan podcast and some YouTube videos I've seen of him here and there. Uh, but pertaining to the, the social justice warriors, those folks, I've noticed, and I don't even want to say that term, but just really cancel, cult cancel culture-esque people, when Jordan Peterson would come on these college campuses, instead of dialogue, instead of discourse, it's they're going to ring horns and bring in, you know, bullhorns and 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 beat drums and make loud sounds and drown them out. And I don't know if that's the way to go. I really don't. I don't know if that's the way to go to just drown out those that disagree with you, because in certain ways, when you start to do that, it gives more ammunition and more steam to people that are on the side that you're trying to silence and that are on the side you're trying to disagree with. The better thing to do is to have the discourse because what you can possibly do is to use your logic, your research, your information in juxtaposition with theirs and possibly change some of the minds of the people that follow them. But that's not going to be accomplished simply from canceling people from social media or canceling people from a college campus. It's not going to be achieved in that particular modality. We have to have more astute ways of how we engage people that have opinions and perspectives that differ from our own. Because if we don't, there will be no room to grow. And we're going to get stuck in this quagmire of where the left are going to be in a favorable favorable position and will be able to, di uh, to dictate the moral compass. And then soon that pendulum swings to the right and then the right will be in a moral position to dictate uh, the moral compass. And that's really not we, what we want. We're, we have to get away from these dichotomies and we have to get to discussion. We have to get to discourse. We have to get to becoming adults and learning discernment into I will and take this into my psychological, spiritual and mental diet or I will not take this into my psychological, spiritual, and mental diet and discern and learn to operate within the in the discomfort of, of free speech. Because if free speech, excuse me, if free speech was comfortable all the time, we wouldn't need a First Amendment. Because really a First Amendment is there to protect uncomfortable speech. We shouldn't live in a, in a place where any and everything that is demonized by outrage culture or cancel culture should just be eliminated from the table. Because in everything, there can be a little bit of truth in it. There can be something you can grasp that you can potentially use and you can understand. And I would just say understand, but... Something that can maybe add to your perspective. Yeah, don't. I mean, you don't want neo-Nazis to be out here, you know, dominating YouTube channels or or terrorists or any type of other crazy stuff. But 80 percent of the stuff that cancel culture and outrage culture goes at 
is silly and it's immature. And I and and you know, I, I thought about that and I'm like, what are these colleges even teaching people? Because I remember when I went to college, the whole point was that you're supposed to come in contact with uncomfortable ideas, ideas that go against yours, and you're supposed to augment your perspective. And this is no longer, it seems, to be the impetus for even going to these institutions. You know, Jack Dorsey, the uh, founder and CEO of Twitter, he's been called out a lot, uh, primarily well, by a lot of people, but um, Tim Poole and Jack Dorsey, and it was another lady, I cannot remember her name, uh, that worked at Twitter, and Joe Rogan, they had a discussion. And with a lot of these uh, social media giants, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Tim Poole pointed up, and if you get a chance, go and check out that podcast as well. Uh, Tim Poole pointed out that a lot of these uh, social media conglomerates, they actually are very left leaning. So if you notice the pattern of censorship is always done in a manner that favors the left. And I noticed that when Tim Poole would kind of engage uh, Jack Dorsey and really bring up valid points, there really was no true rebuttal. A really big out outrage was when Alex Jones got canceled on a lot of these outlets. Um, Alex Jones, I'm not a fan. Um, I think he said certain things over the past that may, he, he, he could have been correct on, but in general, you know, he's kind of, he's conspiracy theory mixed with like far right rhetoric. I mean, at one time he spoke out against George W. Bush and, you know, he was doing the whole thing where he wanted to expose Bohemian Grove and, you know, whatnot. But I feel like as he got older and as the money came in, because I think the dude has like a net worth of like $60 million. So, I mean, he's, he's getting paid off of, of spewing a lot of this rhetoric. To me, I felt like he started to lean more in a right leaning direction, but he was a product of uh, a victim rather of cancel culture, you know, with the Sandy Hook thing, which I don't think that was responsible to do. Um, I think he did clarify why he made some of those Sandy Hook statements about, you know, these being uh, false, you know, false flags and all of that stuff. But um, he was a victim and Tim Poole brought that up with Jack Dorsey, you know. Uh, he just got cleared off. Um, I think recently Louis Farrakhan has been canceled from a lot of these social media sites. But on the opposite end, it's okay and cool to demonize the other side. And there's no real threat of being canceled. So, you know, I just wonder where we're going to go. And, you know, in one, th one point I wanted to touch on before I get up off of here. Because uh, I want to always try to make these episodes quick. I want you guys to be in and out. But the Dave Chappelle comedy special, which was hilarious. It was one of the best comedy specials I've seen in years. Years. Let me say that one more time. Years. Shout out to Dave Chappelle. You are the greatest of all time. You are the undisputed king of stand-up. I was in stitches laughing at this special. <sighs> Dave Chappelle touched on the opioid epidemic. He touched on the um, LGBT 
uh, Q community. I'm sorry if I forgot a letter. Um, he touched on uh, gun violence. He touched on R. Kelly. Uh, he touched on, I mean, for him to open with that Anthony Bourdain joke was just fucking reckless. Let me tell you. But uh, a lot of people said because it's the he made a joke um, about, uh, you know, he made a joke referencing transgender people or kind of, you know, making using that to make a joke rather uh and people are saying he should be canceled um but here's the funny thing with cancel culture how indicative is it of actual real society for example when you go to uh rotten tomatoes when they reviewed dave Chappelle's special all the critics panned it gave it a zero percent but when that same uh site opened it up to the public Dave scored like a 99%, 98%. So I just have to wonder, does cancel culture ultimately defeat its own purpose? Because, yeah, there really are people out there that need to be silenced. Yeah, if you're out here and you're spreading false information that can get people harmed, silence, cancel them. If you're making fun of extremely, extremely insensitive topics, yeah, you need to be canceled. But everybody, everybody shouldn't be, nobody should be beyond reproach of jokes. Because really what a comedian does is a comedian holds a mirror up to us as a society and provides a different look about what we perceive. I don't think Dave, I'm not going to say think, I know Dave Chappelle does not hate anyone in the LGBTQ community. He doesn't. Nor do the people that were laughing at the jokes. I mean, I've heard, I've heard, you know, one of my favorite comics, Joey Diaz, I've heard him at times make jokes about black people. I've heard, you know, I've heard him drop the N-bomb, but I know it's coming from a place of humor. I'm not going to get upset like, yo, cancel Joey Diaz. Joey Diaz is fucking hilarious. No, I'm not going to want to cancel Joey Diaz. But it's part of this thing where you have one group of people. And when I say group, I'm not just talking about the LGBT community or any other. But it's more like this group of these hypersensitive people that feels like they have the moral authority to declare what should be funny or what should be said or what should not be said. And that's where it's bullshit. We have to be careful because no one person or no one group should be allowed to be the moral authority. Because when you get to that point, you're treading in dangerous waters. Because no human being is in that position. But Dave Chappelle should not be canceled. Um... I hope he comes back with another special within the next two or three years. Because I think that special was needed. I think it was a little bit cathartic for us as a society. Because we have these perspectives that we don't really scrutinize, that we don't really question. And I think Dave Chappelle astutely brought all of those things into question. And just because he brought things into question does not make it synonymous with hate. And that's what my message is 
to the social justice warriors, to the far left, that anybody that disagrees with you does not hate you. We are all allowed to have a different opinion. And as long as that opinion does not result in you being harmed or, or inspiring people, inspiring people to become violent, then you have to, you have to interface with that message. And what should we do? Let's have discourse. Let's be old fashioned. You have an idea. I have an idea. Let's have a discussion and come to, and, and come to some sort of resolution through dialogue. And let's get away this, and let's get away from this immature, silly ass cancel culture. Listen, that's episode 13. Uh, I want to thank you for hanging out with me. I know I went over a little bit longer than normal, but uh, this is episode 13 of No Truths Bard. Make sure you listen. Make sure you share, man. Make pe- let people know about No Truths Bard. Share the podcast. But I love y'all. I thank you for every single listen. This is your man, Hoyka Waco Timmons. And you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hoyt, H-O-Y-T underscore Kawaku, K-W-A-K-U underscore Timmons. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This episode is going to be up within the next hour or so on, on Spotify and SoundCloud. So that's www.soundcloud.com slash Bard. And you can go on Spotify and find episode 13 as well. Love y'all. Peace and blessings. Until next time, much respect.